Uh, welcome home. Welcome home. I just want to start with uh, thanking so many of you today for praying for our family and uh, praying for my country and reaching out and checking with us. Those of you that are new or may not know, I was born in Kiev, Ukraine. Uh, we have relatives and family and friends back home. So thank you for praying for peace in the midst of and in the face of unimaginable madness and horror of war. In the sight of brutality, war, dictatorship, and evil, our hearts, my heart, has felt heavy. Pretty uplifting way to start the message, right? Yeah. But my my heart has felt anxious, uncertain, confused. My heart has been tempted to be hardened, and my heart has felt unwell. Which is interesting timing, isn't it? Because as a church, in the last few weeks, we have been looking at what it looks like for us to be healthy, to be healthy as a church, as a community, and as a people. What does it look like for us to be healthy image bearers of God in the good times and in the bad times? Now, if you haven't heard that phrase before, image bearer, that simply speaks into the Christian idea that all humanity, every human being, woman and man, are made in the image of God. We are his images here on earth, which if we think about it that way, is a huge privilege and honor. So being healthy is incredibly timely conversation and posture for us to address. As we learn to live in a COVID or post-COVID world, whatever that means now, as we experience destabilizing realities of power, corruption, tyranny in the world, as we learn to live and, and come, ab- come out of the destabilizing change to, all, to our lives in the pandemic or post-pandemic time, all of these realities and so many more on the personal levels we have experienced in this li- last little while. You know, frustrations at work, relational family frustrations, all of these things have impacted us on some level. So the question for us is how do we navigate and create health in this time? How do we create health when our hearts are unwell? How do we create health when our hearts are hurting? And what do we do with the heart when it's angry, frustrated, anxious, sad? After all, isn't the heart in so many ways the center of our health and who we are? I know this isn't exactly a cheery, feel-good way to start. I've said that earlier, uh, but please stay with me. So what, uh, so what about my heart? As I watched the news and the ray of emotions were taking over me, I was in shock, disbelief. As I watched the tanks roll in, missiles fly in, anger, anxiety, fear, worry, and again, more disbelief that this could actually be happening. My temptation was immediate, immediate, to see the other, the occupier, the invader as the tyrant, maybe as an animal, something less human. My heart was immediately hardened. My body was tense. And as we messaged family and friends to find out what's going on, um, what's happening, how is everybody, to see who knows what, what can you believe what you're seeing, what is true, what isn't. So many images were coming out. And as I watched the news cycle and checked social media compulsively, my body was tense, my heart was anxious, mulling over the thoughts and feelings and compulsions. 
I imagine many of you have felt similar feelings and thoughts in the last little while, specifically with Putin's war. But also maybe you have felt these arrays of frustration and anxiety and fear and anger intensified over the last two years with a pandemic, maybe with a local or a national politics. And really, if we're honest with all the junk and stuff life has thrown at you, maybe just maybe you have felt very justified to feel angry and unwell. Canada-wide statistics reports, and there's an array of statistics, but some a little lower, some a lot higher. But the statistical reports of Canada stats suggest that 40% increase in mental health issues across board in Canada. A rise of 40% of reported mental health issues. It has not been an easy season for us. But I don't have to tell you this statistics, do I? You have felt it, you have seen it, you have experienced it. We all have experienced a variety of emotions and mental health when all our coping mechanisms, all the things that we, the way we do life was, was disrupted and changed. So many of the conversations I have been part of are all about unsettling times we are, in, we are in experiencing. It's important to know right now that what I'm talking about is not the right or wrongness of the disruption. Who was right? Should we have done the pandemic differently? Who was wrong? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the reality that there was a disruption. And with any disruption, with any change, there's a cost. And we all felt the cost. And what we know and what we have experienced or are experiencing is that our whole being suffers when we encounter trouble, disaster, pain, or bad news. So healthy church, why does health matter? Why does physical health matter today? Why is this even a conversation in the church? Does our physical body really actually even matter? After all, isn't there new bodies in heaven? Isn't there a spirit of God in us that we ought to be nurturing and that's the stuff we should be really focusing on? And really, we all have different physical afflictions. We all have different levels of body of health. Does the body even matter? What do we do with the body? I believe this is a question about us and for all of us. First, here's something shocking. Now, I know John always suggests that we should be taking notes, and I think it's a good idea. When you take notes, you remember things better. So I'm going to reveal something to you that's quite shocking and maybe new to you. So if you have your pens or styluses and iPads and whatever you're using to take notes, this is the one you want to take. Are you ready? We all have bodies. Did you know that? I know, it's a shock I was, when I was writing this message. Our bodies are the way we present to each other, the way we show up into this world. But at the same time, we have a sense of something or, or some unbodily part of ourselves, like a soul or a spirit, something inside that's different from our skin but makes us one holistic body. And maybe before we move too deeply into the next part, it's important to consider that the physical body, your body, my body, includes the spiritual, the emotional, the mental part of who we are and what makes up our physical body. 
After all, the way we are designed seems to fire um, synapse. I don't know all the right words for this, but there's chemicals in our body and things that make us function and think and work and feelings and emotions and all of that and a spirit and our soul that seems to make us one holistic body. So our wholeness as a body cannot be without all the three other parts. We seem to be this one part. And this is a starting point of a biblical understanding of nature. You see, the Bible proclaims the profound value and dignity of the material realm, including the human body, as the handiwork of a loving and caring God. That's why biblical morality places great emphasis on the fact of, hu on the fact of human embodiment. Respect for the person is inseparable from the respect from the body. Think about it. God could have chosen to make us like angels or spirits, whatever that's like. He could have created a spiritual realm for us to float around in. I, I don't know. Instead, he created us with material, physical bodies in a material and physical universe to live in. You see, as a church, as Christians, we cannot and should not dismiss the material world as some afterthought. Because this is how God envisioned what is good in his creation. Creating all the material physical world as good, and then humans with body, strength, soul, and mind as very good. Clearly, God values the material physical dimensions and wants us to value it as well. The psalmist puts it this way, for you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. We know that this is God's plan, and we see that the inner life of the soul is expressed through the outer life of the body. Let me repeat that again. We see the inner life of the soul expressed through the outer life of the body, one together. Consider the hard news I shared with you about Ukraine. Frustration, anger, anxiety led to sleeplessness, worry, led to fatigue, led to poor diet. The physical, material body, emotional state, and spirit are all connected as one. The health of the one part of the body, mind and soul, affect the health of the whole. Emotional unhealth can compound physical health. And physical unhealth compounds emotional health. They simply work together. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And if this is true, that means God is calling us to pay close attention to our whole selves. So as we look at health as a church, as we investigate what it looks like for us to be healthy as a community, but as people... This is an important truth for us to unpack, to have a posture for our physical health. This is a truth that our church needs to know and be reminded of because you see there was a time, there was a time when some began to teach and think that the body is only temporary skin that will burn with everything else on earth. Well, what really matters, some would teach, is the spirit, the soul, the ephemeral side of the self that is pure and godly. 
This view is dangerously close to the heresy of Gnosticism, this belief popular in the days of early church, right as the church was growing, right as people were talking about Jesus, this, this heresy was growing, this popular belief that claimed that the body and all material reality is actually evil. For Gnostics, the spiritual is what is good, so the way to gain salvation is to move towards purely spiritual state so that the body is something we must transcend. The early Christian theologians rejected this view as they defined the borders of what is orthodox belief. These early sisters and brothers saw in Genesis a creation God called very good, a creation that includes physical bodies. While they agreed that material stuff of the world has been corrupted, they could not agree to say that what God has called good was really the source of all evil. Here's the profound truth. Jesus himself came not as a spirit, but as a child in a physical material body. And what's interesting about his body, as we read in Isaiah 53, it's not exactly what we expect or imagine when we think about Jesus. Isaiah prophesied and was fulfilled and wrote this. He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of the dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. So before we get all preoccupied as we talk about physical health and what does that even mean like and what is Paul imagining here, before we get into all the misconceptions this may spark in our minds and images of fitness magazines and, and uh, Instagram images of, of people telling us what healthy looks like, before we get into all that, we see that the material physical body first matters to God, but that he also enters the world in a physical body and material body but one that was, and we read, had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. You see, the healthy body is not about some beauty contest. So please ignore, ignore the blonde Swedish Jesus that you might be imagining with a blue sash. You know, you've seen posters or pictures or cartoons or even in your Bibles. He was despised, we read, and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Jesus was rejected and a man familiar with suffering and pain. Hold there just for a second. God's value of the body didn't include whatever we might necessarily hold for beauty standards, and it wasn't absent of pain. Jesus had a body that had no beauty. Doesn't that feel just like heretical to say or to hear? Is that not what we often imagine, especially in the conscious of our own plights, body issues, frustrations? He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. One theologian put it this way, unbelief in the servant, in Jesus, was natural because he was an obscure and outwardly unimpressive person. He experienced pain, suffering, and rejection. 
Friends, he understands our pain, our suffering, and our rejection. This is powerful and good news. He understands you, your trial, your pain. He understands it because he's for you and because Jesus became you. Here's why this matters. Jesus valued the body to enter his own creation as creation, even in its fallen state, and he did so so that we would have a way to hope, to resurrection, and to health. Because Jesus has valued the body, it is therefore important for us to value the body in all its wholeness, in all its three parts, in all its unimpressiveness and obscure ways that we possess it and have it, with all its handicaps, with all its problems, with all its failures, with all its brokenness. We embrace it because Jesus embraced it. We should also learn to understand how our bodies are a whole, that our physical parts and our spiritual parts and our emotional parts are one, and they influence each other constantly. For example, I find that it's easier for me to pray, that is to live into my faith, to care for others when I'm well-rested. My family will be the first to attest to this. That actual physical rest helps me be more caring. I'm more wise with my actions, more wise with my words, more wise with my deeds when I'm rested. It is as if God designed our bodies to work in sync with our spirit. It is as if he instituted rest in the creation process. It is as if he called it Sabbath, meaning rest, which matters for our matter. So one of the first things we want to look at today in these difficult and uncertain times as we look at health and physical health and that it matters, we simply want to notice the few things we can do to be aware of the good creation we are part of. And the first is rest. Rest matters for your spiritual and your physical health. To be effective in our calling and our life, to be helpful to others, to listen well, to be a good neighbor, we need to rest. We need to rest. Now, another way to embrace our material and physical bodies is to become more aware of our bodies. And this can be achieved in a number of ways, but one of the best ones is exercise. And I know you're like, well, yeah, I've taken phys ed. I know what you're talking about. I've heard this on commercials, but really it is. And, I'm, and for some people, it is gym. For other people, it is weightlifting. For other people, it's just simply walking or running. For others, it's just standing more than sitting. And so many other things, just being active. Each of these forms of exercises, if done properly, forces us to pay close attention to the way our bodies move in the good creation that God has made. Taking care of your and my obscure body isn't about becoming some kind of exercise model. Please don't hear me talk about that. I'm not. It's about connecting the divide between the body and spirit by connecting our whole physical self to what God has called us and created us for with all our handicaps, with all our problems, with all the ways we can't do exercise the same as other people, but to be aware and to be moving and to be healthy 
so that we can be part of our, so we can engage with our meaning and purpose into this, in this world, so that we can step into the good and the good creation. So the second way for us to be aware and create health in our good creation is to exercise, is to simply exercise. And I mean that in the breadth of what it is available to you and what is possible for you and, your, and my obscure body. It's simply using body God has given you in the way that you can. Now, thirdly and simply, we live into our physical creation when we embrace the creation on which we are dependent. This is especially true when it comes to our food, doesn't it? In almost another, maybe side note, but my, my family can always, tell, uh, can always tell when I'm hangry, right? Food is a huge part of who we are. In almost every case, what is best for our bodies is also best for the creation as a whole. This means eating thoughtfully, feasting well, is a gift from God. There's a time to feast and there's a time to conserve. We begin to live in the balance of caring for self by, pre, uh, by treating our bodies well with what we put into it and where we get it. So third simple thing for the way for us to be aware and create health in our good creation is to eat, is to eat wisely. And with these practices, we can begin to embrace the gift of God's good creation, our bodies and the earth that he has made. Now, as we look to be a healthy church, I did really want to address the importance of our bodies, so this is why I've kind of spent some time in this area. The material, obscure bodies that we enter life into this world because it mattered to God, it mattered to Jesus. He didn't come in as a supermodel. He came in as an obscure person who did great things and changed and revolutionized the world. It matters to God. And then he creates each and every one of us as his image bearers, physical in this physical world, entered in this time and space good and he left us a template for life to save us to bring us back to health but to help but to have us participate in co-creating of doing good in this world friends we cannot do good in this world if we're unwell it is so important to know to address and to seek health as we recover today as we come out of pandemic as we come out of seeing the the terrible news all around us the church needs healthy people who are willing and able to do good around them with what is possible for them with all their obscurities and all their handicaps. We need to take care of our physical body. But let me just come back to the idea of the heart that I started with. It's interesting to me that the heart is properly used in many cultures, in many languages, and in scriptures as well, as the center of emotion, of spiritual life, and of course, we know, as a physical organ that we need, that's crucial to our life. It is crucial center of what makes us whole physical body with full array of our emotions and feelings. Experiencing hardships, seeing hardships, knowing hardships causes our heart to hurt. Our emotions, our feelings, our thoughts have power to make even our physical body, our real material body, to feel pain, simply based on how our heart feels. When one part of our whole self suffers, the rest suffers, we can't avoid it, can we? We're designed to feel physically, emotionally, and spiritually. We're just made that way. 
which means we're designed to exercise all parts of ourselves, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. We're designed to be healthy, whatever that healthy is for you on the trajectory of obscurity and handicap that you're presented with. As a whole, we are needed to be healthy so that we can be part of the kingdom building. You see, we are created with meaning and purpose, and when we don't focus on our health, we can't understand how to seek our meaning, how to understand our cravings in life, how to understand our hopes. When we're unhealthy, we simply cannot understand those things well, and we begin to feed the wrong cravings and begin to hope for the wrong things. What I mean is our unhealthy lifestyle, unhealthy lifestyle, can prevent us from seeing the bigger picture of life. It can cloud us from understanding what is the reality. And we ask things like, what's my purpose in life? What does God want me to do? But unless we're healthy, how can we see clearly what God is calling us into? Friends, I want to suggest when our hearts are not exercised with physical needs, when we don't exercise our physical body with rest, with exercise, with proper food, we suffer. We literally physically suffer and we're hurting ourselves. But I also want to suggest when our hearts are not attended to emotionally, when we don't examine our feelings and emotions, when we don't exercise our emotions, what happens is that when we allow feelings to run amok in our lives, we begin to hurt others. And friends, when we don't exercise our hearts spiritually, we create chaos around us, hating our neighbors, even our sisters, even our brothers, and we begin hurting anyone who gets in our way. Can I just get a little bit more real with you? And pay attention to your body and to your emotions and to your spirit. Pay attention if you tense up. Your body's telling you something. Pay attention if your heart starts beating harder. How can wars occur even in so-called Christian nations? In Putin's Russia, more churches have been built in his time than in the previous hundred years. How can war happen? Didn't Jesus teach us to love our neighbors? Didn't Jesus teach us to love even our enemies? I believe it's deeply connected to an unexamined and unexercised hearts. It all matters. Health of our hearts matter because we are placed in this space and time with our obscure bodies to accomplish something good in this world, to accomplish a mission Christ has intended for you, not just for your pastor, not just for your small group leader or for the worship team. He's placed you in this space and time with your obscurities and your handicaps to accomplish something good for the kingdom of God. And friends, we can only accomplish that good when we exercise and care for our physical, emotional, and spiritual body. It cannot function properly unless all parts of our hearts are exercised and if they're not, we begin to vilify and hate our neighbors. 
And we, be, we are able to create stories that we can even arm ourselves and kill people, even in the name of Jesus. Wisdom of Proverbs puts it this way. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give you careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot, keep your foot from evil. Guard your heart. Care for your heart. Ex ex exercise your heart. The center of your physical, spiritual, and emotional health. Exercise it. How can you possibly live into your purpose, into your hopes, into your goals if you don't? How can you possibly see clearly if you don't? So exercise your heart, and by it you will, verse 24, govern your speech. You'll be wise in what you say and what you don't say. You won't just blather on about your selfish desires and opinions of this person or that person, condemning others like they're nothing, like they're not a human. Govern your speech. Verse 25, guard your sight. Be wise what you watch and what you put into your heart. Be wise what you put into your heart. You cannot unsee some things you see. And guide your steps. Be wise where you go. There's so many temptations to run to the left, to the right. There's so many reasons to why you would want to run. There's reasons why it's tempting or fun or exhilarating. Guide your steps. In this, when we exercise our hearts, we join in the hope in a new creation that is already breaking forth, friends. Even in our own obscure bodies, the breaking forth of the resurrection has begun. Christ is not powerless. He's not absent. He's here, and he's in you. And he loves you. Small confession. These last two weeks, I was tempted to not exercise my heart and to allow my heart to be hardened, to hate, to want violence and more violence. But I also know this is not a template that Jesus left for us. In taking up his cross, it led Christ to death. But death on the cross leads to the resurrection. Jesus instructs us, those of us that call ourselves Christ followers, Jesus instructed us to take up our cross. To not be tempted to live eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. That's the old covenant. The new agreement in Christ's blood is that you are to live in his way. To do good for those who persecute you. To love your enemies. This is the kingdom of God. My challenge for me and for you, will you exercise your heart? Will you exercise it in all three ways? Will you pay attention to your obscure physical body and take care of it? Will you do what it, what it needs 
so that you could be a live agent of hope in this world? Will you exercise your, your spirit so that you be connected to God and his will and what he's calling in you and out of you? And will you pay attention to exercise your emotions, not to allow them to run amok of feelings? And friends, will you pray for those who persecute you? Would you join this upside-down revolution of peace in the face of tyranny, grace in the face of dictatorship, and love in the face of hate? This is the way of Christ. Carrying a cross may lead to death. But death doesn't have the final say. This is why we gather. Death does not have the final say. We live in victory despite of tyranny around us. And we live in victory to love others so that they may know this victory. Because God sees image bearers even in the tyrants. Would you step into the kingdom building as it is in heaven so it will be on earth? As Pastor John comes up, would you join me in prayer? Father God, I just thank you for your love for us. I'm so thankful for your love for us despite of us. Father, forgive us when we are tempted to believe that guns are more powerful than prayers. Forgive us for being tempted to feel that way. Father, we pray for peace, but we pray for health. We pray for resurrection. We pray for victory on this earth. We pray for your kingdom come as it is in heaven, so on earth. Be with us as we go from here. I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.